Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Well, and this is something you guys can ask your editors because I've had editors before that wouldn't do that. And I remember begging them, please, please just read the story first, you know, before you dive in and start line editing it and start mocking up the copy or, or AP style editing it. Just please just read my story. You know, that's a huge gift. And if you guys can talk any of your editors into it, it makes a huge difference. Welcome to Right Lane, a podcast of the Tampa Bay Times. Each week, Times reporter Lane DeGregory discusses her stories and answers your questions. The focus is on craft. My name is Maria Carrillo, and I'm the Enterprise Editor at the Times. On last week's podcast, we talked about the reporting process. Today's topic, the editing process. So the editing process, to me, actually begins with building a strong relationship with each of my reporters. Trust is so essential to what we do, but we'll save that topic for another day. In terms of the process on an individual story, it begins for me with the idea and asking questions and a gut feeling. Am I drawn in? Uh, I look for verbs, not nouns. In other words, I don't want someone to pitch a story on the homeless. What about the homeless? And I've gotten this a lot from reporters, from photographers, love topics, really sweeping topics, you know. Once, uh, years ago, one of the photographers came in and said they wanted to do something about tobacco and smoking. It's like, well, what about smoking? <laughs> Don't give me these topics that are just feel endless and like there's nothing there. So that's why I say, go for the verb. What is the verb, not the noun? And that's what I'm looking for. When Lane's pitching her gazillion ideas, um, you know, which are the ones, and she's got a lot of great ideas, but I, I'm looking for the ones that really make me feel like I can see what she would do with it I can see that if we got the right kind of cooperation, this could be a really amazing story. There's something to watch. There's something to see unfold. There's a character that that might go along with this. Um, you know, I'm looking for the elements of a story that are typically what what make a story what make a story rise up. You know, so that's what I'm looking for. Uh, two good questions. So what? And who cares? Right, which is the flip side of what you are looking for, but that's that's what I'm thinking about too, right? Right. Um, and another, what does it mean? You know, what kind of you know, if we're going to do a story about, well, like we we've talked about your Elmer Wright story, for instance. So the old man that everybody knows but nobody paid attention to. What does it mean to to, to jump in and do that story? Well, here's here's a guy that nobody's nobody's really. They see him, but they haven't seen him. So I'm looking for something that, yeah, we really haven't done before. It's giving us an entry into something that um, it, it, it'll be an intriguing world. Um, Lane is interested in everything, right? Pretty much. Except for football. 
No, I did a big football story too. Didn't I, I was gonna say did. you did a year long project on a football I team. I fell in love with a fo- teenage football player. Yeah, that <laughs> was a fun way to do that. Story. <laughs> um, so what are the you know and and really I think that we we should spend a lot of time on the idea and I don't think we do really uh, as an industry. I don't think we spend enough time vetting the idea. I think it's very run and gun. I think a lot of the times it's like you know obviously news drives a lot of our decisions, but when we have some room to work there. Um, Sometimes we we don't ask enough questions at the beginning, and then even as the reporting process is taking going along, is it really should we give it up? Is it not doing what it what it should, or is there a different story than the one we started with that that makes the most sense? Well, I think that's a part of it too. That really great editors like you you look at something you'll know like every year we're going to have to cover a hurricane, mm-hmm. every year we're going to have to cover the state fair, every year we're going to have to cover Valentine's Day. Right. So looking ahead to find what kind of ideas can you throw at that that haven't been done. Well, and of course, I mean, I think all editors were thinking about the person who's pitching the idea. Um, Is it in their wheelhouse? Is it something that we think that they can pull off? Um, You know, going back to Hurricane Irma, uh, Lisa Gartner came in at one point and said, "Um, I've got this idea that this was in the days leading to the hurricane and everyone's talking. Everyone's talking about the hurricane. Everywhere you go, everybody's talking about the hurricane. And she said, there's a pattern to all these conversations. You can almost group them into, you know, the fear and the supplies and, you know, what's going to happen. And and she said, I want to go around and just spend a day listening, being the fly on the wall and picking up all these conversations. And it turned into a really great story. And Lisa could pull that off. Not everybody could pull that off. And, And, you know, I think we both saw the possibilities for that idea. So sometimes it's not there. Um, I think with the house on the corner, for instance, which you had already started before I got here, but talking about, you know, this man and and he's killed another man. He shot him 17 times. It, and the, the world out there thinks it's a drug deal gone bad. And what you have is this great um, kind of first person story about a man and what he went through. Um, trusting your instinct that you could tell it that way and then that here is an un- unusual way to do it, something we haven't tried. Yeah, and be, you were willing to, like, let me take a chance on that to tell something all in dialogue, which we'd never done before. Yeah. And we, I mean, I don't, that's another thing. I think we probably as an industry don't do enough, just sort of try some things. And, you know, especially if it's something that's not going to take very long. Like you were you were talking in, a, in an earlier podcast about, hey, if it's a day or two, let me have a day or two. And if it turns into something, great. If it doesn't, it's not the end of the world, right? Move on. Um, That's so, a great piece of our profession, right? The paper comes out every day no matter what. <laughs> it does. I mean, I I don't know the number of times where, you know, I've worked on something with somebody and then somebody was so quick to criticize it for not being all things. And we do a gazillion stories that nobody even pays attention to, right? Um, so if somebody paid attention but didn't quite, it was too weird or it's unusual or, I mean, is that really such a big deal? Right. At least they read it. Yeah. <laughs> um, so focus. Um we, we talk about the one word, and I think we've mentioned this from time to time, but um, I want to hear, so I want to hear Lane's idea, but then I want to also hear what she thinks thematically it represents. What's the universal behind the idea? Right? What are we talking about? Um, we, we did when Lane went to, uh, to see Stormy Daniels. I mean, it's a story about opportunity. Let's face it. That's what she's doing, right? She's seizing her 15 minutes of fame, and she's grabbing that. And I think it always helps, you can talk more to this, but I think it always helps both of us to have, it helps me as an editor to understand what what we're going to need to tell that story. And I think it helps the reporter 
to have some confidence about the story they're trying to tell. Is this is that the story I want to tell? Yeah, because I, even going into the reporting, if I think I'm on the same wavelength as you uh, in terms of what we think the theme is, that helps me direct my reporting and, and my camera angle and whatever. Right. But also having the confidence to know if that's not what it is. I mean, that story shifted 180 degrees from the time right. we thought we were going to do it to what we ended up getting. Right. But knowing that it's okay with you, I mean, I think I called you at 1030 at night that night on a Friday night to just to check in and go, hey, everything's moving and shifting. Is this still okay? Right. Um, so knowing that you're willing to sort of roll with the things as they evolve or change. And I, for me, it's like, I want it to be your, it's your word, whatever feels right to you, but I can be listening. And I, I like to take notes when my reporters are talking, because I, I feel like it helps me to focus more on what they're saying. So I can be listening and I can, I can sort of parrot it back. I can say here, you know, it's bouncing off me and back to you. That sounds like whatever, whatever the word might be. Um, and then feel like if that feels right to you. I mean, if like, or sometimes you come in, you have the word. You you know what it feels like to you. But I think sometimes reporters are struggling, and they they need to talk it out. They need to get through that process and kind of just speak it out loud. And then, you know, again, a, a good editor listening, just sort of trying to figure, help out, like, here's what the story that it seems you have with what you've reported. Oh, I think that you just said that a good editor will do that. I think so many people in newsrooms are so time starved that there's not time to do that. You know, you come back from reporting and your editor's like, what do you got? What do you got? Need it by six o'clock? Go. And there's not that piece of what are we doing or why are we doing this? I think that makes everything elevate so much just to spend, I don't know, 10, 15 minutes, you know. But doesn't, I mean, like that, the thing that drives me crazy is talking to people in newsrooms, like that saves so much time. It saves so much time because you send a reporter off who doesn't have a clear idea of what the story is, you're going to spend so much time on the back end trying to find your way by hacking it. You know, it just, it doesn't make any sense. I mean, you know, that 10 minutes or 15, because really, you and I can talk about even a big, deep project, and in 10 or 15 minutes, we can have a word. Get a lot of clarity. Yeah. yeah. About, uh, and it also, I mean, we talked about this in another podcast, but confidence. That gives me the confidence. If I have 10 or 15 minutes to know we're on the same page and right. you know what I'm doing and you believe in it and you can go, hey, this is the theme. Yeah, we're together on this. That right. is huge. Um, and also the most interesting word possible because sometimes we, you latch onto a word and then you can go deeper and you, or you just you, you make it even more narrow or it's just a more powerful word. And even that, I think, helps. Um. So then from there, helping them through the structure. Um, so again, I, I like to take notes. Um, uh, I like to break down what, what, so I want Lane to tell me what she has, what are the pieces she has, what are her, same thing that she's doing on her end. She's creating those, here's the scenes that I have, here's the context that I think is important that we need to put in there, and then together we're marrying the scenes in the summary, um, trying to figure that out. Um, I think that's another part of the process that if you spend a little time doing, it really pays off on the back end. You, you don't, um, but I think it helps you, and tell me it, it helps you, it helps you to figure out how you're going to hand off from one thing to the next, to the next, to the next, and sort of how they all fit together. Oh, yeah, I've, I've never had an editor who actually like took notes on me talking myself through the structure and a lot of times I don't even hear what I'm saying I'm just like getting <laughs> things out you know and a lot of it is angst sometimes like, I don't know what I have I don't know if it's good enough I don't know if it's the right stuff so when you're taking notes and then you by the time I get back to my desk you've sent me a google doc that summarizes what I just said that's immensely helpful I mean that, that's that 
saves me a good hour and a half of noodling around thing. Like, I don't know what I'm doing, <laughs> you know? Well, and, and again, with us, like, we've decided on the word together. We know what we're trying to do. Then we're looking at these scenes and the, the context we need, and we can say, well, that may be a beautiful scene, but it has nothing to do with the word we just talked about. It's totally off point. Or, you know, there's some context that just doesn't belong in here. Or maybe at times there's something we need that you don't have. Right, holes, we, holes to yeah, fill. and we plug. need to go get it. So, And I don't know, probably a lot of you guys do this too. There's Sometimes there's a scene that I'm so wed to that I just have to write. And if I can write it and get it out, sometimes that's enough. That you can cut it and it's okay, <laughs> you know? But it's just like, I can't not write this. Maybe it doesn't belong here, but I have to get it out, you know? Um, okay, so from there, in terms of, you know, the editing itself of the line editing. Um, so I w- I'm going to talk about what I do, and then Lane can talk about the good or bad she's seen over the Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Years, but um, first, I really, I try really hard to sit on my hands. I will print out a story and not edit it. I just, I have to read it first. I want to read it all the way through because I, and it's, and it's hard to do and you got to practice doing it because your instinct is just, again, you're also, everybody's time starving. You think you got to get in there and, and go to it. And so your instinct is always to work fast, but um, that doesn't let you see if the story is accomplishing the big ideas that you had talked about. Is it really doing what you had hoped it was going to do? Does it, does it really pull that together? Um, so that's the first question I'm asking myself. Is it, is it, is it a, you know, and I'd take a breath, look, read it, look, and just see, okay, did, did this hit the theme? Did it give us the payoff? Well, and this is something you guys can ask your editors because I've had editors before that wouldn't do that. And I remember begging them, please, please just read the story first, you know, before you dive in and start line editing it and start mocking up the copy or, or AP style editing it. Just please just read my story. You know, that's a huge gift. And if you guys can talk any of your editors into it, it makes a huge difference. Um, I'll read it again and read it again and again (laughs) Um, to get my head around it and to really understand I'm looking for what's working and what's not working. So obviously the big picture first, but then maybe the ending is great but the beginning needs some work or vice versa, or the middle is just really slow. So I'm looking for the bigger things and then start start working through the line edit. Um, I think you should come back and praise what works. Um, because I, again, like we've talked about a number of times, um, and I was a reporter once myself, I, you know, that's what we want. We crave that like, okay, what did I do well? <laughs> what in this story is working really well? And there's invariably things that are working well, no matter who you're working with. Um, some something will have they will have pulled off something really well. So tell them about that, and then be specific about what doesn't work. Um, I don't know about you. My greatest frustrations with editors when I was a reporter was people telling me, "Oh, I don't like this," or "This isn't working." They couldn't tell me why, and so I didn't feel like I was learning, and I didn't. I felt like something important was being thrown out um, when I could have worked on it if they just told me what it was, and. I think it's okay to come back and say, I don't really know what's not working for me, but this 
even in generalities, it's slowing me down or I'm not really understanding or it doesn't quite fit, you know, but give you a chance to fix it. Like here, here's my problem with it. Yeah, I think there's a fine line between editors will go, this doesn't work, go fix it, versus this doesn't work, I fixed it. And neither one of those is right. Yeah. You know, I think I think the, the process that you have of saying really specifically this section or, or the scene or whatever, why it doesn't work is a whole lot better than how you can make it work. You know, I want those suggestions, but I want to do it too. I don't, you know, I don't want you to completely fix it and I've had editors that'll do that just rewrite everything because there's no time and they know what they want and it's quicker and then it's not you at all you know what I mean right Um, I think it's it is important to let you have it back I mean to let I mean for the most part yes there are times you're going to be on deadline and you're racing and you're trying to and and then I, I do try to put my Lane to Gregory hat on or whatever. Or if I'm working with Leonora, I'm trying to think like Leonora thinks. Do you? But, you edit differently yes, for different I reporters? Do, I That's do. so interesting. Be, but, but it's because you sort of can get in that voice. You know, you hear what you're, the pattern that you have on a particular story, how you're trying to do things, you know. And you get, I think you can get really, and of course, the longer you work together, the more you understand sort of how somebody works. But even so, I'd rather Lane to Gregory write Lane to Gregory than me try to imitate Lane to Gregory. So, um, yeah, wherever it's it's more than just a little snatch, send it back and say, "All right, you do it." And honestly, too, I think that's a time saver too. I I don't understand this theory that somehow, um, especially if there's going to be a lot of give and take, the reporter's going to resist and say, "That doesn't feel right." You know, you might end up giving it back to them anyway. Um, well, that comes back to trust, right? Yeah. What you were talking about. I mean, I, that's when I knew I was not going to be a good editor because I wanted to redo everything in my own voice. I wanted to do like, here, here's what I would have done. And I wasn't good at all about helping the reporters be who they were going to be, you know? So that's so a huge you gift. you would have had all these reporters writing like you. That I was would, writing, would, yeah, I was writing through them. Well, no. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't nurturing. <laughs> um uh, I think, you know, you really want to do the heavy lifting. Um, I always talk about sort of realizing at some point in, in in my editing career that I wasn't editing with my hands, that that really wasn't where I could do the most effective editing was, was really in conversation. I mean, we talk a lot about stories. We talk a lot about the reporting. We talk a lot about the structure and what's coming. And all of that, I think, saves time on the back end and makes the back end of the process a lot smoother so that, you know, you're putting all that emphasis on the front. And then at the end, you know, when, when if we've done some rewriting and it's coming back to me, what I feel like I'm trying to do is surgically help Lane. I don't want to be a butcher. I don't want to hack away at her story. You know, I want to get it to a point where when, when, when I'm on the polish stage, it's, you know, verb choice or does, you know, does, does this quote really need to be here or are we, are we are, again, same thing, do we back up a, a graph, you know, is that the right place to end it? But not trying, you know, by that point, so much of the work has already been done, right? I mean, I think you view the editing process the same way. It's a lot of, it's a lot of conversation. Oh, yeah. And I mean, the best, the best part of the editing process is usually the conversation, you know, and because then when I feel like when you get my draft, you know what we were going for. Right. You know, it's not having to rebuild the wall. It's it's right. it's making it look great. <laughs> and again, every I, a lot of this is quick. It doesn't have to be exhaustive. Um, 
you can be on deadline talking about, you know, you can have a five-minute conversation about what you're reporting in the field. You can have a five-minute conversation about structure. Um, structure sometimes can be as simple as we're starting in the present, and then we'll talk about the past, and then we'll move to the future. I mean, it can be very simple, but, you know, you're, you're in the conversation together. It's not uh, – and again, yeah, no surprises. I think a lot of, a lot of editing and a lot of the worst – I think situations I ever had as a reporter where when I turned it in and the editor had something else in mind and then they're trying to fix it into whatever preconceived notion they had and there and then you know it just again it takes more time it doesn't leave you feeling empowered doesn't like leave you feeling like it's your story I, I think a lot of editors do the, the pre-talk and then they do the I got a draft. I'm going to fiddle with it. But that middle part of after the reporting and for the writing, before the writing, is mm. so important. And and not a lot of reporters feel they have the permission to take right. 20 minutes of their editor's time before they start writing. So they think, or they think like, I need to be able to do this on my own. I'm not going to bother them, you know. Right. And then that's when you get really mucked up. But that's hard. It's hard on your own. I think it's really. Um, because I mean, sometimes I mean, you 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 come back with a lot of great reporting. I mean, you have things that are really strong, and it, and then but it's like, but everything can't make it into the story, and everything doesn't fit the theme. So, um, for me, the last part is also reading out loud. I mean, although um, I say I want to read the story out loud because I, if Lane reads it out loud. She knows exactly where the emphasis is. Sure, she knows where she was trying to put the emphasis. So she's going to read it in the way that she wrote it. So I think it helps to have somebody who doesn't know what she had in mind read it out loud um, and see if there are places that I stumble as a reader that maybe she didn't, you know, obviously didn't intend. Um, and I and I also think it just it's a different experience for the reporter to hear someone else reading it out loud. Um, Absolutely. And you know, listening and I'm, I'm, we're listening for clunkiness and we're listening for repetition and you know we're listening for yeah sentences that are a mouthful rhythm yeah the rhythm the pacing um word choice yeah yeah i mean i think i think hearing it out loud is so helpful sometimes because you because you try to write like especially young reporters i was very very guilty of this you try to write like to make you sound really smart yeah. I want to write writerly, you know, and then this, but there's words like no one ever say that right. in real conversation, you know, <laughs> until you hear it. You can't tell that sometimes, though. And people will think, well, you guys have all time in the world and you do that because, you know, you you have the luxury to do that. When I became a, an editor, I was working in an afternoon newspaper, cranking out four or five stories in the morning before deadline and in the middle of the newsroom at a city desk reading out loud every daily story because I felt like it helped me. I felt like it was a tool. It was like a, 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 quick, a way to work better quickly. Um, it's certainly a way to work better on big, deeper dives. Um, and I, you know, we, I just got done editing a story this morning that I'd read six or seven times. And we, when we read it again out loud, I was finding things that I hadn't missed before. And I read it out loud to myself. I mumble to myself. But reading it together, even sometimes the reporter catches things that that I would have missed. So. Do you ever have anyone read it to you? I've had people who mumble along with me, and then it's like, <laughs> it's like okay. <laughs> but no, I, I, you know, because I do, I do. I think there's something to be said for my reading it and not you. Because mm -hmm. I, I really do think that you'll read it a certain way. You'll put the pauses where you wanted them, and you'll put the emphasis where you wanted them. Oh, yeah. I just meant, like, how somebody else, like your, your kid yeah. or your husband oh, or yeah. your coworker read it, so you're listening to it. I get it. very like, frustrated because I'm so used to being the reader now. 
like my kids always wanted to read to me. It's like, okay, go, <laughs> go ahead. I guess you can read. Anyway, so um, I think with bo- with both the reporting process and the editing process, I, I we both feel like it's a a collaboration is the best way to go. And the more talking you do, the really it does help you. I, and again, I I just I've run into so many people who think they don't have time. And yet then I see them flailing, trying to edit stories that they really haven't had a good grasp on or the theme wasn't as well defined as it should have been or the point was somewhere else. And um, it really, all of that is what makes the process better, I think. When you're real good about asking your reporters too, which I don't think a lot of editors do in terms of, what did you think worked? What didn't work? What did mm-hmm. you struggle with? What are you worried about? And almost like a, a therapy session after right. you've turned in a draft that you know where we're at, you know, rather than just, here's my story, what do you think? Right. You know? Of course, that helps me as a shortcut to like, okay, what do you th- <laughs> Like, you know. Where uh, do you really need me here? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Where's the patient bleeding? <laughs> Okay, on that note, if you have questions for us on the editing process um, or you want to suggest a podcast topic, please email it to writelane at tampabay.com. That's W-R-I-T-E-L-A-N-E at tampabay.com. And join us next week on Wednesday morning for the next episode. This podcast was produced by Denise Keenan. Music was composed and performed by Dan DeGregory. Thanks for listening. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.